0: Welcome to the ASHP Official Podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Educator Essentials, the podcast where we talk with our members about success stories, best practices, and strategies for faculty, preceptors, and those involved in the education of the pharmacy workforce. My name is Gabby Pierce. And today, we will be chatting with Dr. Sophia Patan and Dr. Sierra McNew about teaching student pharmacists clinical intervention documentation skills through a standardized health system-wide program. Thanks for joining us today. Now, as students go through their clinical rotations, they have a lot of opportunities to work within a care team and to make meaningful clinical interventions. However, you identified that students oftentimes do not have a strong basis for documenting these interventions. To start off, could you just give us an overview of your practice sites and describe this program? And maybe we could start with Sierra.
1: Sure, Uh, so my name is Sierra McNew and I uh, practice in critical care at Johns Hopkins Hospital in one of our surgical ICUs. I guess to give some background on how our pharmacy is set up, we have a a fairly large pharmacy department that's split into several divisions. Uh, So we have divisions that focus on oncology, pediatrics, uh, critical care, or internal medicine. And then in each of those pharmacy divisions, we have a number of preceptors that have students on rotation. Uh, So this project kind of was seeking
2: to kind of capture all those students. And I'm Sophia. I also practice in critical care. I used to work at the Johns Hopkins hospital, and that was where Sierra and I worked on this project together. Um, I'm now in a different hospital system where the setup is Definitely a little different since Hopkins has the different divisions, so it's nice to be able to bring some of what I learned from my experience at Hopkins to my new hospital. But like Sierra said, uh, the setup is based on different divisions with different specialties. So what the project was capturing was how we could kind of look at what the students did in each specialty. Uh, Together, both of us precept different like student types, either on their introductory practice uh, pharmacy practice experiences or their advanced pharmacy practice experiences or APIs and this project was mainly focused on the pharmacy students on API rotations.
0: Thank you both so much for that introduction.
2: It's definitely interesting
0: to hear about both of your practice settings and I think it would be really great to hear both of you describe your involvement in the project. So maybe we could start with Sierra.
1: Sure. Uh, so basically, this my involvement in the project is really uh, primarily getting the project off the ground. I became interested in student documentation of clinical interventions because where I went to pharmacy school, we were actually involved as fourth-year students in documenting interventions. Uh, so I went to Auburn University, and we were all required on our rotations to, to document, but our documentation system was through the school. It wasn't Specific to the rotation sites. So, when I came to Johns Hopkins and I became more involved in precepting here, I noticed that we didn't really have a way for our students to be keeping track of their interventions or a way to capture that information. I kind of became interested in the idea of seeing if we could do something similar here. Uh, this project originally piloted in the spring of 2018 in one of our pharmacy divisions and then. And when that had went well, we ended up expanding the project and rolling it out for all of our inpatient APPE students for the following academic year. Uh, so in this project, students document within the electronic medical record. And that worked out well because our electronic medical record already had a system in place for pharmacist documentation. So students um, get get involved in that that same way in documentation and do it kind of each day of their rotation. Um, so my involvement was kind of kind of conceiving the project and getting kind of that that portion of the project rolled out.
0: That's great to hear. So maybe now Sophia could tell us a little bit about your involvement and how you
2: got included in the project. Uh, sure. Um, so I was mainly involved in more of the project maintenance. Uh, Sierra reached out to me as the project had been kind of picking up in steam and momentum. And my role was more in um, reaching out to preceptors, setting up the like emails to make sure that they're consistently reminded and also making sure that like the documents for training were in like the orientation packets that the students had both at the main Johns Hopkins and then at the sister hospital. So really making sure that preceptors and students were aware of the program taking place as the rotation was starting. The project interested me because like unlike with Sierra's experience as a student, I did not have the opportunity to document when I was on rotations. So the idea of getting to be so involved as a student in like documenting and on rotations really meant a lot to me. So that's where like I came in and I brought that perspective. A lot of what I also did involved like running the reports to see what the students were documenting in terms of how many uh, documentation, events they did, uh, what rotations mainly had it, etc. But we'll talk more about that later on.
0: It's really great, it's great hearing you talk, talk about how your experiences as students on rotations really shapes the idea for this project. And from hearing you describe it, it definitely seems clear this is a great way to round out the experience the students are getting in their inpatient rotations. As you started to develop this idea, what were some of the goals that you set for this program? Starting with Sierra. So I think when we thought about
1: goals for the program, there are kind of two two sides of the equation. So one would be kind of goals on what the students would get out of the program and student development. So kind of as we've already alluded to, the documentation for students, I think helps them to get experience in kind of this professional habit of documentation that they'll be taking part in when they graduate. So it kind of gives them a head start in getting that experience. Also, many of our students are coming to us with the intention of pursuing residencies. So I think that also kind of gives them a chance to get started on that documentation practice earlier and then could also be helpful for them in terms of keeping track of what types of interventions they've made, which could be helpful when they're kind of assessing their growth throughout the year and potentially when they're also applying for residencies, help them to kind of look back at what they've done and also could help the students feel more integrated to the team.
0: That's great. And maybe
2: Sophia could tell us a little bit about some of the goals for the hospital. Yeah, of course. So like Sierra said, there were goals for the students and goals for the hospital. And one of the things we were looking at was to really see the impact of our APPE students like, throughout the hospital. Like, What types of rotations are they mostly like, more involved in? What types of interventions are they making on these rotations? And then taking that information and maybe seeing how we can cater different rotations to have those experiences. So for example, if on the general medicine rotation, they have more patient education experiences, that's not something that always happens in the critical care rotations. So trying to see if maybe if the student wants more experiences like that, we'd be able to say, hey, you can shadow on internal medicine for this one day and get that experience. And that was something good that we could do because of the setup of pharmacy divisions at Hopkins. So there were a lot of ways we were able to kind of look at what the hospital does and what our hospital brings to like pharmacy education and how we can integrate students more fully into that. So looking into the future, we could kind of incorporate on how to like expand on student clinical opportunities that are available to them, but then also see how that'll help like with patients having more students involved in their care.
0: Definitely. And along those same lines, since both of you do work at large health system practice sites, I'm sure you guys have dozens of students rotate through different areas of the hospital. Sierra, I'd love to hear, how did you engage with preceptors across the health system to encourage participation in this program? And how did you make sure that students were receiving consistent training?
1: So I think as we were getting started, with rolling out this project, a big part of getting engagement from preceptors was in a meeting with them up front and making sure that all the stakeholders were informed on the project and willing to participate. Part of how we did that was by starting with a small group of preceptors. So our pilot for the program originally took place in only one of our pharmacy divisions. So it's a smaller group of preceptors. And they were willing to try the program out it was also a smaller group of students so kind of easier to try to pilot training them from feedback from that group of preceptors we found that really this is taking very minimal student time and that the project had a good likelihood of being sustainable for that reason after that we met with preceptors from our other pharmacy divisions so kind of a casting a wider net of preceptors um, so like through several staff meetings or clinical specialist meetings and similar venues to present the program, talk about the goals of the program, and um, kind of answer questions and get a sense of any concerns that they, that they had. So I think concerns that potentially might have come up would be things like how much preceptor time would this take, how much student time would this take, and we are really kind of able to address those concerns up front. From the information from the pilot, that it was kind of a small daily amount of time for students. We also provided uh, the training materials up front. Uh, so, some of the things that we made clear in the training materials for students, uh, which were training materials that the preceptors were able to see ahead of time. So, some of those things that we made clear were that students were expected to run all the recommendations by preceptors first. So, even though they have this ability to document their interventions in the chart, there really shouldn't be any interventions that would be documented without being approved by the preceptor first. Where the students document the chart is actually an area that's only visible to pharmacists. So that was also encouraging in the sense that there wasn't that um, like risk of a student documenting something that maybe another provider from another discipline would see. Um, So that kind of helped in terms of potential oversight of the students. Um, And then also some concerns we were able to address up front with preceptors were related to how we would evaluate students for their interventions so there were some initial questions on you know the fairness of evaluating students like concerns that would this lead to us evaluating students based on the quantity of interventions made um, rather than the quality so we ended up kind of setting a very clear tone for the program that we would be evaluating. If, if preceptors included interventions in their evaluation of the student, that it should be more based on quality of documentation and not quantity, since we can't really predict how many interventions would be available
0: from week to week for the student. I definitely think it's great that you guys put so much thought into the preceptor oversight part of the program. And then maybe, Sophia, you could tell us a little bit more about the maintenance of the program.
2: Yeah, so I was definitely more involved in uh, maintenance and Uh, The reminder emails portion, um, because we wanted to make sure that throughout the year, preceptors were consistently reminded that this was a program that was taking place. So one good thing that Hopkins has set up is a pharmacy educator. And I know that's something that a lot of hospitals don't have. So because we had that, it was um, a benefit in terms of helping to train students. So I would send out a reminder email prior to each rotation block. Um, so any preceptors that had students for that block would get an email um, just reminding them that this program existed and, had the, and the email would have documents so that way they could forward that to the students if needed. And then prior to each rotation, students would have a hospital orientation session um, during which the pharmacy educator would actually explain the intervention process and again, give the documents and um, training. Because not all hospital systems have a pharmacy educator, um, I think one way they could kind of bypass that role is just having the documents be available for students to kind of peruse through at their own time, but also for preceptors to kind of go through. So that does place some of the burden on the preceptor in future program maintenance, but that's just something that not every academic medical center or even hospital is going to have. So that's why we kind of tried to have different ways to remind students and preceptors of the process. So including it in their training, including it in the emails, and then including it in the orientation packet. So there were several ways to kind of make sure that the project was still always running and people were always aware it was happening.
0: From my experience with precepting, more communication is always a good thing. So it definitely sounds like you guys did a great job leveraging the different ways you can reach out to everyone involved. It also sounds like you were able to really leverage the electronic health record capabilities to introduce this program. Were there any information technology or administrative considerations or any particular obstacles that you guys faced when you were starting this program?
1: When we started the program, we did reach out to uh, some of our like pharmacy IT team to make sure that they were on board as well. Uh, we do have uh, pharmacy members who kind of run the intervention system for the pharmacists and their residents, and our, and since we'd be kind of using part of that same part of the record, we wanted to make sure that our program wouldn't interfere with reporting that they were already doing, and that was very helpful because that kind of out of that meeting, we were able to identify that we needed a way that we could kind of flag student interventions so that they could be easily pulled back out um, of the electronic medical molecular records separate from pharmacist or resident interventions. And for us, that kind of ended up being an arbitrary value in the in the intervention. There are several, several like data values that you fill out or, or different fields. And there's one that's just called value. And it's, it's very arbitrary. So pharmacists enter a one in the value field and then residents enter a two. So we designated that students would enter a three and that, that would allow us to very easily Pull those interventions back out by searching for any interventions that were flagged with the, with the number three. Uh, the only downside to that is that it's still dependent on the students remembering to enter that value field, so we did try and make that uh, a focus with our training of the students.
2: Yeah, it was definitely helpful to be in a hospital that already had a system for intervention tracking, particularly because It's easier to run reports where you just put in a value and then you can pull any interventions that had that value field. My current hospital practice setting auto-populates the value field. So if we were to set up this project uh, where I currently work, we actually wouldn't be able to do it in the same way. And that's something that's interesting because no matter what hospital system you're in, you might be using a different EMR. You might be using a different way of running reports. Um, So it's going to be hospital specific wherever you go in terms of how you want to capture student clinical interventions. But along with like those IT considerations, we also had to consider uh, preceptor buy-in. So um, that's why we had so many different ways of notifying preceptors via email, via orientation session, because if the preceptor is not reinforcing this need for documentation, sometimes a student might be like, well, my preceptor didn't say anything, so I don't have to do it. So we wanted to bring that responsibility to the preceptors and the students to kind of feel like they both wanna be involved in this project. And the good thing with Hopkins is that a lot of preceptors did take ownership of being involved in this project. And a lot of people actually would reach out after they got their reminder emails, if they were worried that the rotation might not have a lot of interventions for the students. So for example, When students are on more administrative type rotations, they might not have as many clinical interventions and preceptors would reach out concerned about that. So I think like preceptor buy-in along with those like IT stakeholders is like pretty important. And we tried to reach out to everyone who we thought had a very big role to play in this project and try to make sure everyone felt as involved as possible. I think it's really great to hear about the ways you were able to collaborate and draw from your
0: experiences working at different health systems but come together to make this such a strong program to improve the experience that students are having. It's been really interesting to hear you talk about some of the nuances and, and the differences across practice sites. So could you now walk us through some of the key takeaways from this program?
2: Yeah, I can definitely talk about some of like the data we ended up seeing um, when we ran the reports after. So we found that depending on the type of rotation the students were on um, affected the type of um, interventions they would have. So for example, we had a lot of patient education and medication reconciliation interventions on our like adult medicine, internal medicine rotations compared more to like the critical care rotations which kind of makes sense. But seeing that numerically play out um, and then being able to go forward using that data makes a difference. So it kind of shows the benefits of having the program in place. But along with that, each year we were able to see growth in the number of interventions being documented by students. So we actually went from maybe like 300, 300, like the low 300s in like the 2018 to 2019 academic year when it was first piloted to about 700 in the most current, most recent academic year from 2020 to 2021. So we did see that there were more therapeutic interventions over time. So where initially we had more uh, patient education and medication reconciliations, as time went on, we started to see more dose adjustments, addition of prophylaxis medications, order clarifications when a provider might have input an order wrong. So those were more things that we started to see as time went on that students were catching. So it was interesting to see kind of the timeline of students like the types of interventions they were making and the impact they were playing as the different years were progressing. A limitation to this is that sometimes it's hard to tell if um, we are actually increasing patient education or the clinical interventions, or it's just that the program has expanded a lot. So we're just capturing more interventions being recorded. But either way, it's just interesting to see the progress that the students are making at our hospital system. This program definitely represents a
0: huge opportunity for us to better evaluate student pharmacist clinical interventions in the inpatient setting. With so many different rotation sites and practice settings represented in your results, what kind of feedback did you receive about the program after you guys rolled it out?
1: The feedback we received from students, I think, was very positive. I think overall, students are excited for the opportunity to get to take part in documentation in the patient charts, and they seem to have a better sense of how many recommendations they've made after this program is implemented. Mm -hmm. I think that's mostly from students that were very like proactive about documenting. I think as Sophia alluded to, I think you'll, you still have a wide range of students in the sense that I think some are going to be very proactive. Um, Some I think will need reminders to get started, but I found that once I've reminded students to start documenting, they seem to remember well to document future recommendations. So on a rotation, if I but remind a student once they tend to do a good job remembering to document their interventions, the rest of the rotation and seem excited about it. I think some limitations still from the program are that we still would have additional help from like preceptors reminding students. So I think there's still kind of some manual maintenance that's required in terms of preceptors reminding students to document. Um, but overall, I think the feedback has been very positive.
0: That's definitely great to hear. And hearing you both talk about the way that this program has been received and all the opportunities that this presented for students to improve their documentation skills, I'd really love to hear, Sophia, from you. What are some future plans for this program, and what are your thoughts on future ways to evaluate engagement and the impact it's having?
2: So one of our goals with the project was really to emphasize how much the students can bring to our practice site and bring to um, just to see what they can bring to themselves. So things we're looking forward to doing is maybe highlighting and recognizing different impactful interventions that students have made. So Hopkins does have like a monthly pharmacy newsletter that highlights good catches and interventions that pharmacists and technicians make. And potentially we could expand the area to also include interventions by students so that way when they see that they can um, maybe feel motivated to try and highlight stuff that they've been doing but it's also something that if they want to include it on their CV it's like hey I was featured on the monthly newsletter but also we would like to make the information more available for students to be able to go back and see that they can look back at their interventions the same way that we are able to look at their interventions so we could edit the training document. In a way to tell them that if you search up your name in this certain way, you're able to see the impact you've made um, over a certain time frame. So that would be good for students and even preceptors to be able to see the clinical growth of the students. And this would be particularly helpful for students who want to be able to qualify the work that they've been doing, especially when it comes to applying for jobs and residencies, because a lot of times that you'll be asked on an interview about an impactful intervention you've made. And I know when I was a student, I had a hard time thinking of what I even did in the past week, let alone like two months ago on a clinical rotation. So having a way for students to be able to go back and remember what they did throughout the rotation would be helpful for their own growth as well.
0: This definitely sounds like a really valuable way to help students organize the meaningful interventions that they're making. Sierra, what are your thoughts on potential future directions for this project? I definitely
1: echo the strategies that Sophia mentioned that we could use to highlight student interventions to help motivate students to document interventions. This would potentially help like reduce the burden of uh, preceptor reminder emails and things like that. So I think my goal would be getting the program to a point where maybe we don't have as much manual maintenance, where the program would kind of run a little bit more on its own. And then also continuing to evaluate whether there are clinical areas that are In the hospital including students on maybe unique types of interventions that we could share with other rotations um, and kind of help share information across preceptors to see ways that we could further involve students in patient care.
0: Thank you both. It's definitely been great to hear about how you've leveraged your experiences to build out this fantastic program to improve student documentation skills. That's all the time we have today. I really want to thank Dr. Sophia Patan and Dr. Sierra McNew for joining us today to discuss documenting the clinical impact of student pharmacists. If you haven't before, I encourage you all to check out ASHP's educator resources. You can find member-exclusive offerings, such as the Preceptor Toolkit, the Research Resource Center, and exchange ideas with your peers on the ASHP Education Connect community. Be sure to subscribe to the ASHP podcast through your favorite podcast provider. Thank you again for tuning in for this session of Educator Essentials, and we hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript.